0: Hi, this is Matt Welsh with spiritualmediablog dot com and I'm here today with Jeff Brown, the author of Soul Shaping. Jeff, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, great to be here, Matt. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you. So the title of your book is Soul Shaping. What do you mean when you use the word soul shaping? What is that referring to?
1: Well, you know, as my journey unfolded, my journey from a criminal lawyer to. I guess to the guy who writes the book, I, I really was just looking for a term that really described the essence of the experience for me. And, and really, what I began to understand what was happening was that I—it's like I had come into this lifetime with particular soul scriptures. I think what James Hillman called an innate image, just some kind of template of possibility for who I was and in this lifetime. And really, my work in my life was to try to sort of uncover what that path was. and And part of that path was to write this book, Soul Shaping, and that was just one of the steps of my journey. And really soul shaping for me is this idea that we come in at a particular stage in the development of our consciousness and that we have particular lessons and relational experiences and callings to honor in order to move our soul or expand our soul to the next stage in its movement towards wholeness. That's essentially what soul shaping is.
0: That's great. And what uh, inspired you or prompted you, to uh, start writing Soul Shaping after you had been a lawyer for so long?
1: Well, you know, I, I had been a lawyer, but also had been really on a on a journey of awakening for probably about 15 years in a conscious way. And I had had glimmers of knowing as to my path in terms of writing, even when I was lawyering and long before that. And so as my path unfolded, I, I reached a point where I had enough, I guess, clarity. You know, I had this experience at Harbin Hot Springs in California, northern California, where... I had done so much emotional clearing and felt so clarified inside that I just had a real clear vision of what the next step in my journey was. And it really was. You know, the calling was very strong to write a book about my process for others who, who would follow and who were also struggling to identify what I call true path in the book. Yeah, I mean, I really reached a point where I just didn't have a choice but to, to write it. It was it was that pressing a calling inside of me.
0: That's great. Uh, can you talk a little bit about... What it was like for you during that time when you initially decided to follow your calling to write? Um, did you have any sort of challenges with money or relationships come up during that period?
1: Yeah, I had so many. I'm, I, first of all, I had, you know, I I talk in the book about ascending with both feet on the ground. I really believe in grounded spirituality, and you know, an ongoing issue for me in my life just because of how I grew up is making sure that my my structures are in place, my basic needs are met. So. There was a lot of anxiety throughout writing because basically half time I was writing and half time I was running a a home improvements business that I've owned since I was a law student about 20 years ago. So that happened. There was this constant interface between the call to write and this pragmatic part of me that was pulling me back into that other reality. Um, And I had a lot of emotional things come up through the writing. You know, it was like, first of all, I was writing about my journey, so of course I had to reconnect with the feelings associated with particular phases of the process. But additionally, um, you know, a lot of my own issues, my own self-doubts emerged, you know. Whatever shame I carried in my life, whatever voices I had internalized, you know, which basically disdained me or, you know, were of the perspective, at least in the internal sense, that I really didn't have anything of value to offer the world. You know, hiding my, my light under a bushel of shame was my specialty. So, when you then start to write a book which is so self revealing and so exposed, of course, all of those voices those dark voices come out of their hiding places and so there was a lot of interacting internally, you know between those negative voices trying to hold me back and this strong push to keep moving my voice outward yeah what what do you think
0: helped you to uh have the courage or the faith to follow your calling? Was it just sort of an internal knowingness or um what helped you through that process
1: well i think my warrior will as much as my path has been really to soften the edges of the warrior you know i think that my warrior will served me strongly in this in this process you know i was just super i call it divine perspiration i was just super determined and i think really i had these had had so many glimpses of this other path like jeff brown as author or something like that throughout my life that Really, I think, even throughout all the stages of my process, what often pushed me through to the next level were these various glimpses uh, into other pathways of possibility that lived inside of me. Now, why I kept pushing through towards them, whereas somebody else may get discouraged and stop, i that's a very difficult, complicated question. But I do think it would serve all of us to do enough internal work, create enough space inside, so that what i call the soul shaping birth canal so that other pathways of possibility other glimpses can appear like other callings because if you're too tightly held and you're too obstructed by old stuff it's real hard to get a glimpse of some other way of being that's waiting inside of you and so i did a lot of that work and in the heart of that through intense breath works and a lot of emotional release i would get glimpses it was just like okay here's another direction you can go or this is part of your innate image for this lifetime, and the more that I had those inside of me, the more that I held them up, and and I think it gave me something to strive towards when I was walking along the path and and my knees were buckling. Yeah,
0: that's great. What advice would you have for other people who might be at a crossroads and they're deciding whether or not they should pursue their personal calling, but at the same time they're afraid to follow it because. They have pragmatic concerns, such as they're concerned they might not make enough money following it.
1: Yeah, and not everyone does. I mean, you know, the calling to be a writer is not often a lucrative one, right? right. Um, as an example, uh, you know, I would I have two pieces of advice. The first is uh, to honor the part of them that really understands the value and importance of the bottom line. You have to take care of your economic needs if you're going to go out and pursue a calling. And you know, you may be one of the lucky ones whose calling will generate income right away, and that's fantastic. But it's so often not the case. And, you know, even if you have to take a job that feels on some egoic level to be beneath you, if you're doing it in, in an effort to honor and pursue your soul scriptures to identify them, you know, it's okay. It's really, really worth it. You've got to let that go and honor your needs, but at the same time, uh, and not beat yourself up for what you have to do to deal with the bottom line. So that's the first thing. Hold it, try to hold it all at one time. I call it enrealment in the book. It's just all there, you know. And the other thing is to try to create space in their daily lives um, to learn about what lives inside of them. You know, if we're always in this outer distraction, the outer flow of distraction, always busying ourselves up, it's really very difficult to to create enough space in a, in a world to, to reveal, to bring up to us, to a surface of consciousness, some other pathways that live inside of us. I call it solitude in the book. I spent a lot of time on my own and outside of the city and outside of my usual daily habitual adaptations and disguises in order to get connected to something else other than what I knew on a daily level. So I think that's an important thing as well.
0: right Is it Easier or harder for you now to follow your calling uh, now that you have done so much inner work and recently published your book?
1: Oh, no, yeah, no. You know, I say really what what happened for me is it became like a no-exit thing. You know, the, the more that I gave breath to this path, the more this breath became me, you know. And that was scary because it meant that I didn't have, you know, I couldn't. It's like that saying, you can't talk yourself out of a behavior you've acted your way into, you know. Right. It's kinda of like that. And so now when I wake up every day I know exactly why I'm here and I really know exactly you know, I know the next book and I, I know the book after that and I'm working on a film and I know why I'm working on that film and it's all directly linked to my true path, something that I really believe was living inside of me from birth. Like I that I came in with this path and so it's um you know, it's it's difficult in the sense that there's so much of it and it takes a lot of energy and it's can be a little draining at times. But I never have that feeling, you know, that, like, I don't know why I'm here or, like, why am I doing this that I had for so long. I don't have any of that confusion anymore. Yeah, it's really, and that's really fantastic. Because when, even if it's difficult what it is that you're called to do, if you're doing what you're called to do, it gives you energy. It always gives you energy because uh, you just feel so comfortable in your soul skin every day.
0: Yeah, oh, That's cool. That's great. Yeah. You mentioned a couple other books in a film, Um I don't know if you can go into detail, but um, what are those books going to be about? Or if you don't want to reveal that, what sort of lessons have you learned since the publication of your book?
1: Well, the 1st I'm going to do a, a book similar to Soul Shaping, just kind of like a day, day calendar book with various... Um, wisdoms that you know have come through after really the writing of the book i do a lot of stuff on facebook on my status and it's become a very interactive place so a lot of that stuff i want to work my way into a into a book that's a little bit less intense for readers the next book is a higher consciousness love story based on the love story that i wrote about in chapter nine that's my dream book um sorry what was the other part of your question Well,
0: I was curious because in your
1: book you described
0: in great detail the lessons you learned and the internal work. And I was just sort of curious, since the publication of your book, what have you learned about yourself or what sort of Uh, lessons have you learned?
1: Yeah, fantastic question. Well, I think one thing I've, you know, I've really had to deal with my own issues around self-exposure. You know, it's like growing up in an environment where I was kind of very visible and very attacked in that visibility. I have a lot of anxiety about being so revealed. Of course, why would I write a book like that if I have that anxiety? And that's probably exactly why I wrote it, because I need to tackle this issue. And there's no more perfect way to tackle this issue than than to you know pour your kishkas out on the page and have the world read it. You know, it's so that's the first thing. It's that the intensity of my exposure issues. I don't know that I really consciously knew just how strong they were, and And I'm working, you know, I'm working. It's like you don't write a book like that and then, like, you're done, you know. You know, and, like, I guess I'd hoped that it was like, okay, done. Well, what's done? This journey just goes on, and this is the next part of it. But the other thing that's been so affirming and fantastic for me that I've learned is how, you know, when you grow up in a real traumatic environment, you just kind of often think that you're the only one. You really do. You know, it's very isolated, Everybody, all these kids are at school, and they're all, mad, you know, masking, like, whatever their story is. And So many thousands of people have written me since reading this book saying that I wrote their story. People wow. from every economic reality, both genders, every age, everything, just startling to me to understand that, really, so many of us walk the same pathways, trauma pathways, and struggle with these same questions of, you know, how to identify who we really are, how to... Work through the trauma so it doesn't get in the way. How to connect the trauma to our spiritual growth? Because often it's a fantastic opportunity that's linked to our callings. And I mean, I had absolutely no idea, and that and that's been wonderfully affirming for me because I think in a way I saw myself as much more peripheral than in fact I was. Yeah.
0: Great. Um, I was also curious too. Um, prior to writing, you were a lawyer and um, spent a lot of time in the practice of law. I guess, how um, did that help you? How did that prepare you for what you're doing today? Or, I guess, why do you think you were called to start off as a lawyer initially and then change paths to
1: be a, yeah. a writer? I used to see this guy Eddie Greenspan on television, who's the most famous lawyer in Canada. And I used to say, I know that guy. I feel like I know that guy, and I'm going to work with that guy one day. And, you know, they all thought I was crazy, and I probably thought I was crazy. But then I article for him. In Canada, you have to apprentice for a year before you're called to the bar. And, uh, you know, various things happened. And I had this real amazing serendipitous moment when I was, like, in my early 20s when I had this thought I was just about to bump into Eddie and I walked into a mall hours outside of Toronto, and there he was on the telephone. really happened. And I was real pragmatic and cynical about these things. and But it was pretty startling. It was an affirmation that, in fact, somehow, in some ways, this guy was connected to my journey. And I I, I loved law. I'm not someone who didn't like law and now found the thing he loves. I was born to it. And I think I was born to it because I think my soul had been in courtrooms before. I walked into a courtroom as a student like it felt like the most familiar place I'd ever been. I did a high-level murder trial with Eddie, wrote a lengthy, lengthy, intense jury address like a seasoned vet. And it's not my ego talking. That really was where I was comfortable. And... And I think really I was supposed to my challenge in this lifetime is to get past this warrior solar archetype that I carry with me and move in the direction of a more surrendered way of being. I just had so much information along the way, and I think I really needed to get back in that courtroom one more time to really, really understand that it was done for me., wow. I loved it, but it was done for me i and I worked like an animal, I docketed over a hundred hours a week, most of the months of my article year. I wrote 167 pages of a, of a jury address in four days and nights. I lived it like I was in a hurry to get somewhere else. And then by the time I was done that year, I had a little bit of uncertainty, and I did a bar admission course, and, and then ultimately went back briefly. But really, I think that my calling in this lifetime was to move back into that courtroom and then to say it's enough. Yeah.
0: Wow, well, that's that's really interesting. That's really cool. Um so right now, if we want to get a copy of Soul Shaping or get in touch with you, what's the best way to get a copy of it? Um, yeah.
1: Well, it's uh, I mean soulshaping.com. You can connect with me there. You can always order off my site. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's in a number of bookstores in California and other states. Um, and even if they aren't stocking it yet, you can usually order it through the bookstores. You can order it through Barnes & Noble. And, and I think Amazon is getting books to people pretty quickly as well, so that's always an easy pathway.
0: That's great. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today, and I'll give you the last word. Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with today?
1: Yeah, only to create space uh, in your life for the little voice that knows. There is, as schmaltzy as it sounds, I really believe there is a little voice inside of us that knows what path we're here to walk, and we just have to give it a little breath, and then we'll have a clear idea as to our directionality. I really encourage people to spend time giving breath to that voice
0: that's perfect well
1: thanks again and we uh
0: really appreciate you being with us today
1: thanks so much i appreciate your efforts